0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: Dave Wonstad, Bears head coach for six seasons.
0: The Bears. The
1: Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about this, yeah! He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen.
2: Some say
0: it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache.
1: What ain't hanging out with Mully and ha on 670 the score.
0: Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave D-A-V-E-Dustin. we're not gonna waste air
1: time on that. Okay. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> Thank you. Next question. Thank you Next you very question. Much. Dave Wednesday. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Always a delight to talk to coach Wanstead and he joins us now on the score hotline which of course is brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book Dave good morning how are you I am good
0: fellas. uh always good to be on with you guys talk a little bears talk a little uh, draft free agency uh yeah a lot going on it's amazing Usually this time of year, uh, things are quiet, right? We're talking Cubs and White Sox and (laughs) and, and hopefully Bulls and Blackhawks. But uh, this is a a very different year for uh, Bears football. There's no question.
1: Well, and, and, you know, today the news of the day, I suppose, is that Orlando Brown did not get the franchise tag from Kansas City. He was tagged last year, and they didn't want to go two years running And so he's suddenly on the free agent market, and here are the Bears with all the money in the world. Um, Is that not like a gift to you to have a player, a four-time Pro Bowl player available at left tackle? Well, let's go back. And and that was my first thought.
0: And I was using Orlando as an example. Uh, They have different organizations out there. I mentioned it briefly last week. Uh, one of these pro-grading organizations had Orlando Brown graded this past year as a very average performance, okay? The guy did not play very good. If you remember, he held out. He came in. His, the beginning of the year, up until, and all they want to talk about is from week 15 on, how he didn't give up a sack, which is all factual. The guy's a great talent. The guy is a great player. OK, was a great player, but he didn't play good this year. And I don't know behind the scenes went on with Kansas City when he held out and he didn't. And he came in. And, if you know, you got to track the beginning of the year and overall performance on his season. There, there, there's something there's something Dave, missing. I'm Dave, telling you, guys, Dave, there's let something me ask you missing this, though, here.
2: From a football perspective, is an yep. average a relative term? isn't one man's average, another man's exceptional? Because you look at what the Bears are dealing with, wouldn't they I, – I, I mean, average would be an upgrade, wouldn't it, on that offensive yes. line? Yes, yes, yes.
0: I, I I, would agree. We would love to have him at the right price. That's all I'm saying. But but I'm not going to fall into this trap that there's a reason that the Chiefs aren't, aren't signing him again or he's not getting a long-term deal. That's all I'm saying, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're – uh, you know, so, yes, would we love to have him? Would he upgrade us, David? A hundred percent. I agree with you. But all I'm saying is, let's just not get silly. Let's look close at this thing, which I'm sure Ryan Poles are. And he was at Kansas City. He knows as much about right. this guy as anybody. Right. So, on day one, when you can sign guys, uh, if he's not in here at the airport in Chicago then give Ryan Poles a little bit of credit that he knows more than we do. If he is on a plane and he's here, hey, I'm the first guy that's going to be excited about it.
1: Totally agree, Dave. I, I just think it's an opportunity. I think it's the first guy that's kind of, uh, that's shaken free that you probably really yes. wanted. I, and, I, a, a posi- I agree. And the value of the position, I don't have to tell you, a left tackle, right? And um, and I, I just think that uh, it's hard not to get excited about it because, The Bears have so much money, and and, um, they can pretty much do whatever they want to do. And, you know, I get it. You don't want to spend stupid money. And we've seen far too many examples of teams that have spent a lot of money in free agency, maybe get a one-year bump, and then it goes back down, um, whatever it might be. It's it's not a way to build the team. We know he wants to build the team through the draft, and he said that. He's also come out now, Dave, and said that there are two – there is a team offering two number one selections, one in twenty four and one in twenty five, to swap picks this year. Um, does that, by re, by revealing that, does that not set a bar for what you are expected to do? In other words, if he doesn't get the the couple of number one picks in twenty four and twenty five, does that does that impact whether you feel it's been a successful trade? Well. To,
0: to some degree, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, whether Ryan's – if that's factual, we got to believe him and say it's factual. But, yeah, I don't know if you talk about that at this point. I mean, there is a lot of stuff that goes on, guys, between now and, and April. I mean, it's just c- coming out of this combine thing. I mean, I, I, won't, I talked to two general managers this year that, guys, they like C.J. Stroud. I mean, they would take him and be happy – to take him with their first pick as the top quarterback uh, you know someone told me that hey be careful about Indianapolis because even though Ballard is a general manager Bill Polian still has some influence with Ursay. and Bill Polian comes out a little bit of the Bill Parcells mentality you know Bill Parcells had that chart and you had to be a certain height a certain weight uh, you know he had his measurables okay if you fall into this category now we're going to consider drafting you, for the and 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 and. Pullian's always been a big quarterback guy. When you look at his history at Buffalo with Frank Reich and with Jim Kelly and Peyton Manning and 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 Luck. I mean, you know, he's always kind of had his mindset on what he sees in a quarterback. And someone told me that they love the guy down at Kentucky. So I don't know. I mean, you know, right now it's a lot of speculation on. On who's going to take what, but I don't know if there's any guarantees right now. Now we we uh, uh, no, I, I I'll just leave it at that without getting into too much more there.
2: Dave, so if you are looking at the quarterback class, that's interesting about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, more myth or magic?
0: Well, one year, you know, uh, you know. I don't want to – I mean, running 4-4 and and broad jumping and vertical jumping, that's all fantastic. The guy's a great athlete. But, you know, is he an accurate passer? I mean, how does he read defenses? You know, can he – I mean, all those football things, really, that's the priority. You you cannot get hung up on how fast this guy runs and draft him as a quarterback in the top five picks or whatever they're talking about. That would scare me. I I uh, I go back to our early draft days at Dallas, and boy, we wanted to see we wanted to see a history of guy doing some longevity. You know, has a guy done it? I want to see it over and over again. I want to see him play at a high level against good competition. Uh, I want to see him when they lose a game and come back, and how does he perform? You know, that position is one that that I just think that you really gotta those intangibles mean a heck of a lot more maybe than a defensive tackle okay i mean because of the position
1: dave hold on we're going to continue the conversation we've got a lot to talk about there's uh there's a lot of stuff to get to the bottom of not not uh the least of which is how you handle the defensive tackle uh what you think about what went on with uh with Jalen Carter returning to the draft, and the Bears need uh, some information from him. We'll discuss that next. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Dave Onestead hanging out with Mully and Hall on 670 The Score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We have Coach Wanstead. Here on the uh, the Hotline, the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino, in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook, and and Dave, we mentioned before the break, uh, Jalen Carter. You know, one of the weirdest things we've seen coming out of a uh, of a combine, a guy uh, arrest warrants issued. Apparently, he talked to the Bears on Tuesday night, and uh, and then Wednesday morning, he the arrest warrants are issued, and then he's back. In Georgia on Wednesday night, and he appears and and does the mugshot stuff, and uh, and gets released, and he's back at the combine on Thursday. Uh, obviously, unless the char- the charges are misdemeanor, they're not felony, and unless that changes, it probably wouldn't influence his draft status. But I'm just curious, how do you handle a player like that? You know, how do you? talk a big game about character and about uh, your culture and all this stuff, and then you you have an opportunity to take a guy who is an extremely talented player, but there are character issues. It's a, it's a tough one. I mean,
0: but, but at, at the end of the day, and I don't know the circumstances. I haven't talked to the kid, but but at the end of the day, if the kid just... Panicked and made a mistake, and, and he wasn't involved in any criminal activity, uh, so to speak. It's a misdemeanor. It's going to come down to it. if the guy comes up here and makes six tackles opening game, guys. You know, it's it's going to be on to the next week. Who we playing next? I mean, let's be real. You know, that's not going to linger around uh, like maybe as much of a quarterback who's going to be the face of your team. I mean, if he's a defensive lineman and he comes in here and there's no charges and he made a mistake and he plays lights out and the Bears are happy and they draft him and he shows up on time for training camp, I, I do think, you know, he, he does, it, it takes away any, any wiggle room for him, as we say, you know, you, this kid can't come in here and hold out, okay? This kid can, can't come in here and show up late. Uh, or this, you know, all those little things that you might give a rookie a little bit of leeway. Uh, and understand, uh, I think that part of it would be gone. That would be bad for the kid. He's got to come in day one. If they draft him, he's got to come in day one. He's got to be here early. He's got to stay late, and he's got to play up to his potential. If he does that, I think we turn the page and we move on.
2: Interesting, Dave, because I think that's the football perspective and that might be the prevailing uh, sentiment around the league. I want to ask you this, though. Does your risk reward calculus change based on whether or not you're drafting Jalen Carter first overall or maybe even second if you move back to number two versus whether you're at nine or lower? because different different uh, spots in the in the first round carry different sort of maybe responsibilities or or different kind of risk?
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, David, but I think at the end of the day, i I personally would not worry about that. If, if we move down to four and we take them or we move down to nine and we take them, uh, it's, you're still taking them in the top 10 pick and you're going to have to live with that. Okay. The guy's got to be a big time player for you to win and, and, and avoid the criticism. So I don't think uh, I wouldn't see it that way. I really wouldn't. I mean, we got to decide do we want this guy is, is it, is he the player we want? Is he going to fit in with all the things you talked about earlier? You know, Molly, the character things. Is this, does, does he check all those boxes? If he does, he's the type of player we want. I, I wouldn't worry about if I took him second or if I took him ninth. You draft the kid, and now let's go.
1: Dave, is there a kind of an unspoken uh, reality here with uh, with the Bears having this draft pick that they, they would like to load up with future draft picks so that if, if things don't work out with Justin Fields, they have covered themselves. In other words, they probably – it would be best if he was great and he makes this next step jump and he's throwing the ball like crazy and they have protection and weaponry and everything's moving forward. But if there is a holdup for some reason, if there is something that goes awry, you'd have enough ammunition to get back in the quarterback sweepstakes and – 2024
0: or 2025. You know what, Molly, I, I read something about that or someone made a comment and, and my first thought was, boy, that's that type of thinking is above my pay level. OK, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, and, I, and, and, and I'm and i serious and I, you know, I, I am focused on what do we got to do this year to try to win a Super Bowl? I mean, that's the way every coach needs to look at it. That's the way the players are looking at it. You know, if a general manager or a team president or if an owner is thinking, you don't ever think if this thing doesn't work out. I, I, I just don't come from that school. I have a very, I couldn't even, like I say, I couldn't even put that on my plate for a discussion. What, what do you mean it's not going to work out? If it's not going to work out, let's trade the guy right now. What are we talking but, about?
2: But, that's, but Dave, devil's advocate, isn't that Ryan Poles' job? Isn't that his responsibility to protect himself and also look ahead while, while, while not neglecting next season. I think what, what I heard from Ryan Poles in all of the various interviews that he has done consistently is this big picture, long-term plan to sustain success. This is not somebody worried about winning enough in 23 to win, to keep his job. This is a guy who's, I think, looking ahead to you know the next three to five years. You've always said it's a four-year window or so. That's realistic, and I think that's what he's yep. looking at.
0: Well, I, I think, David, you gotta, you got to cut that in half, the comment that you made, okay? Looking ahead and having those extra picks and, and building for the future, excellent. I love that. I, I, I can digest that idea, okay? I, I can handle that. But if there's uncertainty, but if we're keeping these draft picks because there's uncertainty about our quarterback, uh, now that's a completely different reason to have extra draft picks. To me, that's, boy, I, I can't, uh, I have a problem with that side of it. If you're telling me we're all in, we know, we are convinced that Justin Fields is the guy, then, hey, we, yeah, sure, I love the picks down the road, and, uh, you know, that's all makes sense to me. But if you're keeping picks down the road because you're, you're afraid that Jalen Carter, if we draft him, that he might be a bust. And he might not be a good kid, or Justin Fields might not be the quarterback we think. Boy, that's – I have a tough I, – I just I, – I, I can't – that's not in my mindset. I can't uh, – that's above me, I, just the way I've been brought up.
1: Uh, Dave, I want to go to back to Orlando Brown for a second, because this is a talented player who is entering kind of the peak of his career. He'll be 27 years old. Those are – Yep. Ideal numbers. Um, now, maybe he doesn't match perfectly with your time frame. If you believe it's going to take you a couple years to get there, but you have to spend money. There are limits th- to the amount of money you cannot spend. They got a hundred million dollars. Wouldn't it be better to get a decorated player who who has uh, had success in the league than to kind of roll the dice on some other guys? You know what I'm saying? Like I. I just look around. I don't see a yep. ton of options on the free agent market that are worthy of uh, of the investment. Whereas this guy is is a pretty uh, a, a, a pretty again you know maybe he didn't have a great year last year, but he's he's a pretty celebrated player.
0: He, he is, and, and and I think decorated player would be a great term. And he's not an old player, right? Uh, you know, and I'm of the belief, and I've said it with you guys several times. If I'm going to spend money, I'm going to spend money right off the bat on some offensive lineman that I'm confident can play. I think it really comes down to this. Ryan Poles knows this kid as well as right. anybody from being there. Is he the type of guy – forget about the money. We'll spend the money. I mean, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'll say, I'll give you the money you want. Is this the guy we want? You know, is he the person? Is he the player? And going to come in here, and he's going to be here early, and he's going to be the example that we want. Because uh, once you bring a guy like this in – I think, who did I sign my first year or second year? Andy Heck, when I went out and Bears had never spent money before, and it was like two and a half million bucks or something. And we brought Andy Heck here, you know, but Andy walked around with a uh, different guy. Andy is the type of leader that you knew you were getting a heck of a football player. You were getting a winner. And this is a guy that the Olin Krutz, Todd Pitt, you know, the lineman back then, Big Cat, that they could look up to this guy, and this guy's going to be here early and stay late and do the, the things too. So that I can't answer that about Orlando. I hope so. I want him here; would be fantastic. Ryan Poles got to answer those questions.
2: I, I think also, Dave, I'm I'm curious as an old school football guy when you see Ryan Poles be as uh, visible and vocal as he has been, and I and I want to uh, commend him for being you know that good of a communicator. But he's also now been the one out of – words out of his own mouth, Dave. He said that he can get a first-round pick in 2024 and 2025. He's setting the bar. What do you think of that as a football guy? Was that surprising to you that a general manager established what he can get for this pick?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think – I mean, when Bill Tobin was here, he was the personnel guy when I was took the job here uh, – that was probably the biggest thing that Bill Tobin was. I mean, the confidentiality and keep things in the house. Well, we were at Dallas. I hate to refer back, but I mean it's it's true. The night before the draft when we had the number one pick, I was sitting in Jimmy Johnson's uh, driveway with Jerry Jones. We had we had been out uh, the whole crew of us. Uh, and uh, and Jerry turned to me in the car, nobody was in the car and he says, is Jim? What's Jimmy thinking? Is Jimmy? I mean, so my point is, the, <laughs> night, before, the night before the draft, Jimmy, you know, I I, I kind of knew which way he was going to go, but but he wasn't talking about it with Jerry, and it wasn't public. I mean, we we, uh, you know, that's the other side of it, and I think maybe that's the old school, David. Maybe that's the correct. But I know the Bill Tobins of the world, the Bill Polians of the world. Boy, the the guys from that era, everything was held real close to the vest anything that you might do any you know whether it's trade whether it's picks whatever it might be it was uh and, and it, it was frustrating because a lot of times assistant coaches used to tell me you know god we don't have no idea who we're gonna draft no they won't even, you know we, well, we don't know did you know you know after the draft did you know you're gonna draft that guy we had no
1: idea that's so, that's great news to me i mean i i guess because I followed you, Dave, and, and uh, I, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. I always thought you don't want to leak anything. You don't want teams, get, you know, and there's a lot of scouts out there, no offense to anyone, that are kind of phone scouts that want to make sure that their buddy likes the same player they like. And, you know, yep. you can, that's how teams trade ahead of people. That's how you jump into a draft knowing that a team's going in one direction or another. you got to be really careful about who knows your business um, let me ask you this one, Dave. I, I was David and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, the Bears have money to spend, and they need to put together a football team. We know that the age you want your players. We know Ryan Pace has been very open about wanting to build through the draft, but there is value in what you were talking about with uh, uh, with with Andy Hack. There is value to bringing in players that are good players that are good for the locker room. And that maturity in the locker room can help even if it doesn't jibe completely with the time frame of of when you're going to be good enough to compete. It it's important that people see how hard the the game is and how hard people work to maintain their uh their 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 career. Is it is it time for the Bears to maybe add a couple of veteran players? Maybe bring in a couple guys to help them win, even if uh, they're not going to have a great year.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, again, I'll come back to maybe this is the year you do win. Aaron, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets, as of yeah. reports this yeah. morning. I mean, that you know that's a big window that's going to open up for the Bears within the division I'm getting to. So uh, how do you know it's going to be three years from now? It might be this year. Crazy things happen. You know, two other points that I want to throw out here before you guys turn me loose. Coming out of the combine, we're talking about Jalen Carter. In my mind, in my mind, there are less defensive tackles that would be possible, possible impact guys than what I thought, okay? This is just my opinion. Hmm. There's there's more defensive ends, edge rusher guys, than what I thought. So the list, my list is double, After that, combine workouts and everything of edge rusher possibilities. But the number is less as far as defensive tackles. That's one thing to to think about. The second point, you want to get Orlando Brown's offensive line coach, you want to get a guy on the phone, call Andy Heck, who I mentioned. He's the offensive line coach at Kansas City right now. Been out there the last two years. You know, Get a hold of Andy on the phone and uh, let him talk.
2: That's a good idea, Dave. Well, he'll, have to, he'll have to pass along his number after the show. <laughs> so, I'll, appreciate I'll the send, tip.
0: I'll send it. I'll send it to you right <laughs>
2: after. Dave, Dave, I want to ask you this. That's a great point about the an insight about the edge rushers versus defensive tackles in this draft. And I wonder, typically in your experience and looking at the Bears this season, this this month. Would it affect the way you approach free agency, depending on who's available in the draft? Or do you, you try to keep those as separate as possible because you don't want to be overly influenced in the draft based on w- the way you approach free agency?
0: No, uh, it's all together. I mean, that's a good point. It all works together. If you can sign two you know, great defensive linemen, you know, I don't know who they are, then it would definitely change your thinking in a draft. I mean, abso- you're trying to get the best players that you can possibly get, at least in my mind, whether it's free agency or draft. Let's get the best guys that we can get. And don't underestimate my man from Pittsburgh, okay, Cansey, yep. the defensive tackle. This guy will not play in a lot of schemes, but in Matt Eberfluss' 4 3 scheme. Where those defensive tackles need to be playmakers, this kid from Pitt could be a fit down the road. Keep an eye on him.
1: If you uh, do not acquit, uh, Jay, Lee, never mind. I I like the fit in Pitt, <laughs> uh, Dave. So so help us out. So you know you're sitting here and you're looking at this, and I understand it's all it's all linked together, but if you are at the uh, combine, if you're uh, Ryan Poles, and you see what you have seen, Dave, that there are fewer defensive tackles than you imagined, does that make that position of higher priority? Does that mean you got to get one of those guys first? Especially, the, by all accounts, so, some of those numbers coming from the edge rushers were unbelievable. And it seems like you, for rounds, you'll yep. be able to get guys that can contribute and help. And they, they were running like linebackers. And I guess maybe some of them are small. But nonetheless, that is pretty – that's pretty – that would change the way you would co- contemplate the draft if you felt there were a lot of players at different positions and this is your only chance high in the draft to get a guy.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, picture us all sitting around the room. I mean, it's really, you know, let's take it down to the basics here. We're sitting around the room and we got the free agent defensive tackles and we got the draft defensive tackles. And now we say, who do we have a shot at, guys, that we can sign and help our defensive line inside, Defensive tackles. Well, there's nobody. We can't sign him. He's signed back. He got tagged. Okay, so there's really no major upgrades at defensive tackle. How about who are we going to draft? Well, if we don't take this Brycey kid from Clemson or the big guy from Baylor or the kid from Pitt, it's Jalen Carter. There might be three guys that can come in, and, and we know they're going to be an impact. So we better take – we, we got to do something. We got to get players. So, you know, it may force him. And I was talking about the guy Cansey from Pitt. And people were talking about him now that he was going to be probably a second-round pick. And now people are saying he could get into the bottom of the first round because there aren't enough quality defensive tackles. You know, he was ACC player of the year and ran like a madman. So, I mean, he's because of the numbers, he moved up the board.
2: Dave, how scheme-specific are you when you're drafting, though? Because a guy like Kansi does fit in a lot of 4-3 schemes, but does that mean that it's only restricted to teams that run certain schemes? And how, how dangerous is that because of how short these coaching tenures tend to be?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, he's in that same mold of Aaron Donald, Russell Maryland, Warren Sapp. He's that type of player. That's who he is. And Warren Sapp would not have been a nose guard in a 3-4 scheme. He warrants up need to be lined up on the tackle. Same thing with Russell Maryland, on and on and on. So he def- kids like players like that, in my opinion, they Chris Zorich, those type of guys, the undersized defensive lineman that has quickness, they've got to be in a certain scheme to be most effective. To be most effective.
1: Great stuff, Dave. Thank you. Really, really enjoy the conversation. Thanks, Dave. Okay, guys. Good talking to you. That's Coach Wanstead.